We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. And good morning, everyone. Peter Boyle's in for George Brockler. George back tomorrow. It is a Tuesday, the day after Christmas. Snow in the city. Woof. Careful. Driving is really rough right now. 710 KNUS weather. Says 44 for the high. I don't know. 31 tonight, 47 on Wednesday. And Thursday, 49 degrees. Two topics this morning. Uh, The one on banned books seems to be carrying through. The other one is watching U.S. foreign policy. And where are we headed? Watching, again, U.S. military strikes again inside the actually the Iranian-based or backed militants following the, a missile attack. Where is Joe Biden taking us? And the books that have been banned, and have you read them? And we can go over them again and again and again, but how do they affect you? And let's go back to our phones. We go to Thomas's first. Thomas, good morning, man. Thank you. You're on a radio show. Well, thank you, Peter. I hope you had a great Christmas. Great. Anyway, really good. This I know this is kind of out of the ordinary, but here we are talking about banned books like Kill the Mockingbird, mm-hmm. Catcher in the Rye. My daughter had her read about the Donner Party. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and I understand we had parents back in Westfield, New Jersey, getting in front of the school board. We're not want our kids to learn about cannibalism and everything else. And I and I I read the book yeah. and I for my daughter and I and I went back and I said, you know, I understand, but you're not in the middle of the Sierra uh, Madres in the middle of winter with no food to eat. When you're forced to come up with some decision, why do you have to sit there and tell me that that was the wrong decision when you're not in that position? But that besides all that, my point is this. You got these people who are taking bestsellers, Pulitzer Prize winning authors, New York Times bestsellers, and they walk out and they use that colorful language that George Carlin used to put in his routine. And you sit there and say, wait a minute. I had a friend who wrote for their uh, association for their development here in Colorado. And she said, she said, I love cursing. I love yelling at traffic. MNF this, BS this, F-bombs here. And I said, wait a minute, you write for your paper about, suppose some guy's dog poops on your lawn. Do you write that in your paper, that MNF and dog, keep it to your... No, she says, that would be terrible. I said, well, then why do you use it in regular language? So I'm wondering, all these people who are banning books, do they curse in front of their kids? I used to coach young kids, and my sister said, Tom, if you ever go and said that, you're going to be sued and yelled at. So I had to control my language for many years while I coached young kids. A couple of things. Um... I like what you said, first of all, but two, many of these books I'm familiar with, and they don't have that kind of language. You mentioned Animal Farm and, and eight, 1984. They don't have right. those kinds of words. Um, I know. And, and, and That's the, what I'm saying. They're yeah. great novels. Yeah. Well, the, but, but the, what is the, I mean, I wrote my, my worksheet I make, and I, and I wrote, 
on it, have you read books that are on the list? And my answer is yes, many of them. And then asking myself, how did they affect you? And they, I think they made me smarter, or I don't know, smarter, but made me think differently. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the fear. But um, I, I, but it's, it is interesting who, who, who the banners are because they come from both sides of the aisle. It is the right and the left, and it's the same thing watching the, the, the politically correct in our society today. They just cut things back. And I go back to years ago when they said, all we really want is Andrew, ja- you know, um, excuse me, Stonewall Jackson. And now they got Kate Smith. And it's only be- <laughs> No, I'm serious. I mean. Yeah, Kate- no, no, you're right. So where do you think all of this is headed eventually? You know, you know, uh, I, I have always religious people come up to my door every now and then and want to sit down. And when I was younger, my mother and father would come back from Christian church, Catholic, Roman Catholic church. And I'd be sitting around with all these people around the dining room table talking to them. And I would always, I'm a very kind of a logical person. I'd like to know things. And I'd always ask them, I said, what did Joseph do with the gold? <laughs> You're stretching it. Um, no, I know, but yeah. he's, here's a poor carpenter who had to leave his profession, travel to unknown lands no, with his wife who's pregnant, can't even afford to no. get a room for her to have her child. So, And then all of a sudden, these three kings give him myrrh, frankincense, and gold. I said, I want to know what he did with the gold. Well, most of that is mythology. Um, I understand that. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I totally agree. With you. I'm yeah. not saying it's 100% you know, mm-hmm. great. But I'm talking about books. And I know why they want to, uh, I think uh, The Kill a Mockingbird is such an excellent book. I mean, I love that. I loved uh, Fahrenheit 454, sure. 1984, On the Beach. All this, all these books made you think. And that's the greatest thing. I remember Spencer Tracy and in, in Herod the Wind. It's mm-hmm. a think. Men have to think. People want to think and make a decision on their own. And that's why he said, this is a thinking man. You're mm-hmm. preventing him from thinking and coming up with thoughts. Remember, and that, does a, like he said to the guy, does a sponge think? Why can't this guy think? But yeah. again, the, the list, and it's, it's lengthy, and it's gained. Um, it's going to gain uh, momentum. Yeah, too. it gains books. But I, 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 once again, I think that kids, or I should speak only for myself, I never went in over my head, because if I couldn't understand it, there was no purpose for me to read it. And right. and so as I come back to Animal Farm, when I first read Animal Farm, I don't know how old I was, but I, I it was like this, it was like this, this novel that I didn't understand what, who Orwell was talking about, the novel right. in and of itself was was brilliant, you know, with the animals taking over, getting rid of the farmer, and mm-hmm. you know, and then running their own commune, and in the end, the pigs are dressed like men, which is what Orwell says about you know about the party itself, and they are you know from they said from man to pig and pig to man, and I can't but you couldn't tell the difference, and then right. we knew that some animals were equal, but some animals were. In fact, more equal. I didn't put that together until I started studying and reading about Soviet Union, and then reading about Orwell, and reading why Orwell did what Orwell did because he's he's 
he's critiquing everything that he witnessed. And now, now it makes even more sense, or makes it makes the sense of what Orwell was writing about. But you know, 1984 is just a very frightening book to me when I first read it. And then I realized where it was being aimed and what it was being aimed at. So um, now I'm, I, like I said, the the list of books on on this list, and asking yourself. What are the reasons to do this? What are the reasons for for censorship? I I personally don't get it. Right, I don't either. And like you, it took me till I was sophomore in college before I understood what Animal Farm was all yeah, about. No, indeed. And t- <laughs> so. and, until until you got somebody who said, well, you know, I didn't probably know when I was that old who Tr- who Trotsky was. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't know, you know, yeah. about. Purging. I didn't know that stuff, and then until, oh man, and then the light goes on when you realize snowballs Trotsky, or Trotsky yeah. snowball. Exactly, and, exactly. Exactly. I was listening to you, and I said, "Yeah, he's absolutely right." Well, absolutely. I read it when I was a sophomore in mm-hmm. high school, and yeah. had no clue. No, and I don't think. Once again, I don't know why you'd you'd run and gun animal animal farm, but it's on the list. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand it no, either. But it's, but again, it's there's other things, you know, like reading Henry Miller. Now, I didn't read Henry, Henry Miller until I was, I don't know, 18, 19, 20. And Henry Miller's hard to, to, to deal with. Uh, uh, but Norman Mailer, one of my many idols, is The Naked and the Dead. Um, Mailer's okay. novel after the Second World War is on this list. And only thing I can think of is that it's 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 an anti-war um, book, but it's it's Mailer's own experiences when he when he writes that. I, I don't know what you do with that stuff. Catcher in the Rye, uh, Gatsby's on the list. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. Why? I never got through Gatsby. I I was supposed to, but I never yeah. got through that. But I, you know, but I, 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 I read all those guys. I mean, I read Big Deal. I read them, but Sophie's Choice is on the list. Uh, satanic verses. And and I told Billy, that's just out of fear. Right. Um, What are they going to do when kids have to read Nietzsche and... uh, They won't. Yeah. Yeah. No, they won't. And Camus. I mean, these these guys had different ideas on everything. Sure. And Nietzsche changes me when I read them. And when when you read Albert Camus, which we always said... I didn't know better because I said, somebody said, read this guy, and I thought his name was Chamas. <laughs> seriously. I mean, I, I didn't. That's true. Don't feel bad. I've done that, too. Oh. I've, I've mispronounced oh. many words. Yeah, but I thought his name was Albert Chamas, and I. And somebody said, no, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. It says Chamas Chum, here. But, but that's, you know, but again, I go back to you can't tell a kid read satanic verses um and it's you know i i've been through satanic verses and read it but i never knew why he got the death threat put on him until you read the book and you can see why these very structured mullahs would want to kill him for writing that book because in their world he's uh he's a heretic and uh oh yeah that's that's a death sentence so yeah Maybe you read it for that reason, to find out what gets you killed in the Middle East or what gets you killed 
by by fanaticism. I don't know. I don't know. So I, I wanted to, I was going to wait till Saturday to give you a call because I came up with another strange from Tom. It's Tom's strange point. The reason why we should think of Joe Biden as a, a true person is because if the president yesterday I was listening to some comedian or something that the vice president could go in and shoot the president, then pardon himself. And then the Speaker of the House could come in, shoot that person. And it goes, I'm sitting there saying Joe Biden could actually set a hit on Donald Trump. The person who gets arrested identifies Joe Biden. He forgives him. He pardons him. So he's out of jail. Then he pardons himself. And Donald Trump's gone away. (laughs) Well, Joe, Joe Biden right now in what's taking place in the Middle East is just flat frightening. And well, I, I agree with you there. There's got to be some, you know, I understand retribution and it no, goes so far. No. But what's going on now? They're destroying the whole entire country. Well, It'll be 30 years before that country is rebuilt. It, and these it, people it, are allowed to live in what used to be sanity before October 6th. And they, now yeah, it's, now they, it's they, just devastation. Yeah. Now, the, the world is is turned and a lot of it is the mainstream media is being is totally ignored these days and people were reading the alternative press when it comes to the Palestinians and the Israelis and uh, the, oh, at, yeah. the, at the same time watching Joe Biden retaliate and announce he is retaliating have they read nothing have they have they not looked at the last 30 years have they not Watch Bush and Cheney. Have they not watched what's taken place, and the or, or have they not read World War One, or they have not read things that lead them to believe? And no, they're not. Like I said, I I'd be willing to bet twenty bucks that that um, George W. Bush never cracked a, never cracked a a, um, a book on the history of Afghanistan. Never cracked a book. Yeah. Never read one. And, well, I, I I wanted to always ask you two points. Number one, the first point on this thing of Afghanistan about leaving, uh, my first point to anybody was, why were we there in the first place? Well, but it was beyond that because the the deal was made, the Dora agreement was made with the Trump administration, not with the government in Baghdad, or excuse me, in Kabul. The government, they made it with, uh, with, with, with the Taliban. And they said, okay, give us a year. And when they crowed about no American GIs lost their lives, well, they had, a, in essence, had a ceasefire. So the belief, right. the belief was going to be, like Kissinger getting the United States out of Southeast Asia, the, the belief was that the, uh, the Afghan army would be able to hold long enough for the United States to have some sense of whatever it is to get out, like the, the Arvins did for, for Kissinger. Now, okay. the, the Afghan army folded like a tent. Just and, like Desert Storm, remember? Sure. But that was a different, that was different stuff. But that was the, that was the pretty much principally drafted army of, um, of Saddam. But in this case, uh, the, the belief was that they would hold. And, but the deal was made in the Trump administration that they would leave on that date or before that date. And in fact, they did. Biden did. But it, it, it collapsed like a tent on Biden. 
Yeah. But the belief was that the this army that was left behind was going to be able to withstand the Tal- the Talibs and ISIS and everybody that went and they they and plus they you know they threw their weapons in they 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 crossed over and everything that fell apart and and Biden should he have known better was he abiding by the agreement he's Joe Biden yeah <laughs> but I always said that you can't win that war it's a country run by a book and and that's it. And, and it's governed by a book, not by people. It's governed by a book. If you go against the book, you die. Well, the theology of, of nations. and But I watch, you watch this stuff, and now I'm watching Joe Biden once again um, airstriking. And they're, it's just asking for trouble. And, oh, I agree. And, and, and I mean, a, you're a, in the, why are we in the South China Sea? Why I are we in know. different waters? I don't know. But it has to be. You ask yourself, everywhere the multinational corporation goes, um, the American military goes along with it. And you, right. a- and you ask yourself the question, are we protecting the multinationals as they go abroad? And is that why, are we flying the flag over multinational corporations? And the answer is, yeah. I mean, to a large degree, we truly are doing that. And, and I agree. And it's asking for trouble. So, all right. I, thank you, Thomas. Good, good call. 303-696-1971. Banned books. Have you read any of them? There's a really lengthy list. And how did those books affect you? Did Catcher in the Rye affect you? Did Animal Farm affect you? Brave New World. Catch-22. I'm amazed at the books on the list. Rabbit Run. John Updike. I, mean, I read all the rabbit books. They were They were great. Um, Naked and Dead. I mentioned Mailer's book. I met Mailer. It's and it's it, it's a it's a powerful book. Mailer's book. Um, Invisible Man. Ralph Ellison. I think you know that story. Um, books I don't know. The the their eyes were watching God. I've not read that book. The Song of Solomon. I've not read that book. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Ken Kesey. I've read it. Met Kesey. Native Son, Richard Wright, Gone with the Wind, Margaret Mitchell. That's an interesting one. Slaughterhouse-Five, Kurt Vonnegut. Met Vonnegut. And what what powerful books. Why don't we want them in our schools? Why don't we want them taught? Like I said, it's beyond me. And I don't think, I mean, if a kid's inquisitive enough to want to read Animal Farm, I have at it, you know, please go for it. Enjoy it. Brave New World, Huxley's book. I read it and it's it's about drugs. It does have a whole drug connotation to it. Catch 22, Heller's book. Catcher in the Rye, we talked about. Gatsby, we talked about. Why would you ban Gatsby? It's it's about, you know, flamboyantly rich, lucky sperm club members. Let me tell you, they're very rich. They're so different tonight. I always figured Tom and Daisy were the were the Clintons. <laughs> I did. Remember they said that Gatsby writes that everywhere they went, they left, and I'm paraphrasing Gatsby. It wasn't Gatsby, I'm paraphrasing Fitzgerald, writing through Gatsby, that 
Everywhere that they went, they left destruction in their wake. And if you remember where it was Tom and Daisy, everywhere they went, they left trouble, left le- left behind them in their wake were all these things that had gone wrong and all these people whose lives they destroyed or hurt or injured. And I always thought that was the Clintons. <laughs> everywhere they went. And when they left, they left damage. It's Tuesday. It's your turn. 303-696-1971. Billy Thorpe clearing calls. It's uh, bad roads this morning, and I'll be back Saturday. And Billy's telling me to take a break. And also watching the Middle East and watching now the U.S. making airstrikes. It's crazy. 303-696-1971. Peter Boyle's in for George Brockler. George back tomorrow. Snow in the city the day after Christmas. Tuesday, December the 26th, 2023. A bunch of different topics out there. Let's go back to the phones. To Ron. Ron, you're on a radio show. Good morning. Thank you. Hi, Pete. Hey, uh, first a comment, then a question. I just finished 1984 a few months back, and uh, uh, that, that book should be mandatory reading along with Animal Farm. But those, high school, but, and that's my point, which I echo, but they're both on the banned list. Yeah. Where they ban those books seems to be kind of sporadic. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not across the board, but true. I think any book that really reveals the manipulation and control of government through language and stuff should be mandatory reading. Mm-hmm. Books were that are simply sexual. Who, who cares about those? I but. agree. Um, here's uh, my question. Have you seen Oppenheimer? I have. Uh, how do you think it compares uh, the story on the screen to real life? Do you think that? It, yeah, it parallels. It, it's, um, I mean, obviously it's a Hollywood conditioning, but by and large, I thought it was pretty spot on. Yeah, we, we just finished that last night, and it's an eye opener. It's, uh, it's pretty heavy, though. I couldn't watch it in one sitting. Well, um, he he was who he was, and um, th- did you get to the part yet where they go into Harry Truman's office and Harry Truman, um, th- in essence, throws him out? That, yeah, that actually yeah. that actually happened. I mean, Harry Truman <laughs> said, "Harry Truman," he said, "You just made it. I I dropped it," and um, yeah. and he, and he said, "I don't want to see him again." That was that was legit. Yeah. Harry, Harry Truman did that. Get that crybaby out of my office. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But do you think um, there was one scene when they were detonating the bomb, and I think it was Edward Teller sits in a lawn chair, puts on sunglasses, and then coats his face with zinc, I guess, to protect him from the UV rays. I can't help but wonder if that really happened like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. But Teller, goes, Teller and Oppenheimer were enemies. And Teller is the one that says we can make the next bomb up, which was the hydrogen bomb. Right. And he convinces Harry Truman because Stalin has detonated their first atomic bomb. And Teller says, in essence, to Harry Truman, we can make a bigger bomb, a more threatening bomb. And Truman goes with that for, for Teller. 
Um, go ahead, I'm sorry. I just uh, it's just so frightening to see where this thing is headed, and it's not done yet. What's What's interesting to me is since, and I'm reading a book right now that I can't I can't finish because I'm reading all this other stuff, and it's it's on my table, and it's about the uh, the trials that took place in Japan after the Second World War, and they were quite different than the trials that took place in Europe after the Nazis. And um, the but it's the, the first third of the book is about internally in internal politics inside of Japan leading up to Nagasaki and Hiroshima and what was going on on the American side of that to make the decision to go ahead and use the bomb, or bombs, plural. And it's, it's stuff I've never read before. And then they come down to, we have to try people. And, of course, the emperor, they, <laughs> and they, they leave the emperor off the hook because it was a brilliant move, but he was still, you know, he knew just about everything that was going on. As a matter of fact, he knew about Pearl Harbor before it happened. Um, but different, yeah. different scenarios. Well, they, 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 they handled, uh, U.S. military and government handled uh, that occupation of Japan very well, unlike some other things they've done. Um, in the end, Oppenheimer is kind of a tragic figure. There is a documentary I haven't watched yet on Netflix uh, based on his life and mm-hmm. And it falls them to the end. I, I plan on seeing that, but I uh, haven't yet. Remember, he gets they burn him, and UAC burns him, and he makes a comeback. But I, I, once again, the last caller was talking about left wing, or the caller before. Uh, but the country is very divided in the Great Depression. There were many, many people that had become. Marxist or had become socialist, and Oppenheimer was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, so many people, Hollywood, the Hollywood left, uh, and academia, the left, people saw trade unionists as leftist. Um, the sympathetic uh, things that were taking place for Soviet Union, at all, and until it was unrevealed, what a horrible human being Joseph Stalin really was. But the United States of America needed Joseph Stalin. They needed him to to fight the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And so the encouragement, it was, but then this moment comes and then there's McCarthyism, which I think we're seeing a lot of McCarthyism-esque behavior again today. But when they start and they start in on you know, these guys were left of center, and they were Marxist, and they were socialist. Elizabeth, I mean Elizabeth, uh, Lucille Ball is just this great story, how they got, they said there were people that they saved, and there were people that they didn't save. Um, right. And she was one of them that was, Dick Dick Clark was saved in, you know, the, the disc jockey scandals. There were people that went to prison. There were people that their careers were smashed, and Dick Clark's career was saved. Uh, and, and it's I watch it. We're watching it again today. N- not everything, everything, and nothing goes away. Right? Yeah. Uh, society picks and winners and losers, and uh, and we're back. Yeah, and, we're, we're back. 
I was going to say a different word that I can use, but in the Middle East, what what, what have what has the United States military, what has U.S. foreign policy learned in the last 35 or 40 years or beyond? And here's Joe Biden now military striking again inside the Middle East. It's what are these people? What are they? What do yeah. these people think is going thinks going to happen? Yeah. Well, his his policies of um, I don't know weakness and stuff. It it could have all been prevented. I often wonder if Trump had won the second term if if we'd be in the same place we are now. It's a great question. And I'm not a no, no, I'm I, not I, a Trump fan. No, I understand. Uh, I understand. But but Joe's got two carrier fleets there and. Um, I I don't understand the policy of going and getting back involved in something that had, in essence, chased you home once before. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's the fault of the of the of the civilians. It's Cheney. It's Rumsfeld. It's Wolfowitz. It's, you know, it's it's George Bush. And what did they really what did they really think was going to happen now? Here's here's Joe, you know, dicking around again. These guys are just waiting for you. They're waiting for you. They they yeah, they they, they want that. They want that conflict. They want that war. That military industrial complex. The, the machine. Yeah. I think the war machine really. They're yeah. out now. You know, so they need to get back into the game and. And, and, and now you've got the forces of the uh, global warming industrial complex. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, gearing up. Uh, oh, I agree with so. you. I'm glad I'm old. Yeah. I won't have to <laughs> put up with it. All right, here we go. Three hundred three six nine six nineteen seventy one. There's no, there's nobody on the phones. You can join the you can join the the show. Three hundred three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Started out with two topics this morning. One was the banning the books, and um, I wanted to do this. I've been working on this idea, and I wanted to do it on a Saturday show, but this is the right morning morning to do it. And the other one is, what is the United States doing in the Middle East? Once again, go back, get involved in early firefights, go back to Barbara Tuckman, reading about tripwires, tripwire wars, keep it up, and see what happens. You already have problems in the Ukraine. Now you have problems here. How much can this country do again? And then in the um, idea of banning books, censorship, and school boards and clergy, uh, librarians, teachers, there, there seems to be more than enough. But banning is one of the most permanent and effective methods of censorship. They will not say censorship, and in fact, it's exactly what it is. And you have these challenges that and then they progress until the book is no longer available to any student in a school, a library, a district. And we have been through this now for literally hundreds of years. Why? What I mean, there doesn't ever seem to be anyone holding that line. But I spent a couple of days uh, looking at lists of books that are are on you know in, in the eye of the or in the bullseye to be banned. And, I mean, it's, it's scary. In 1984, an animal farm turned up many times. Satanic Verses, Bill and I were talking about that. Uh, Sophie's Choice, William Siren. 
um, Cat's Cradle. And I told you a story. I met, met Vonnegut. All he wanted to do was talk about Geraldo Rivera, who had been married to his daughter, who did the job on his daughter. He hated Geraldo. And um, and I, I'm trying to get him to talk about Cat's Cradle and, you know, all the other books that he that he had written. And he just... He wanted to hammer on Geraldo, and I thought, okay, well, let him, let him rock and roll. To Kill a Mockingbird makes the list. Um, I think one of the most powerful of, of all books should be, should be read every two, couple years. You should sit down and, and, and read it, read To Kill a Mockingbird. And then Harper Lee comes back. You, you could build a career on this one book. That's all you had to do is do that, and, and you're, you're – you're set. And she comes back with the set of watchmen. And it's a different view of who who Atticus was, and it's not a pretty view of Atticus. James Joyce, Ulysses, who could who could understand it? <laughs> it's like how many times wanna try and read Ulysses? Eh, not really. Um let me see. Lord of the Flies. William Golding's Lord of the Flies. I got the conch shell. You step back. Um, 1984, George Orwell, Lolita is on the list. I, I can, it's one of those, like the guy said, of mice and men, Steinbeck. Tell me about the rabbits, George. Ooh. And let me see, Gatsby, A Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger's book, Naked Lunch. Uh, Again, reading Burroughs is is tough. Women in Love, Lawrence, is tough. Um, a separate piece, eh, maybe. Uh, but they have to make that choice for you. 303-696-1971. Uh, let me see what this one says. Um, <laughs> oh, it sends me a cartoon summing up book banning. All right, Billy, get us out of here. 303-696-1971. Your turn right after this. Morning, everybody. It's a Tuesday, the day after Christmas, December 26th. Peter Boyle's on the air everywhere, filling in for George. He'll be back tomorrow. 303-696-1971. Lines are open. It's been a good show. A lot of smart, smart calls. Two topics. Uh, The one is U.S. foreign policy. Here we go again. Uh, The Biden administration has ordered a strike. Uh, First of all, there was a uh, the there was a strike against U.S. forces by apparently by this organization, an Iran-backed militant group. After the group used ballistic missiles to attack the U.S. and coalition forces in Iraq, and then the Bidens retaliate using a AC-130 a gunship, and they make a claim that they killed a number of these people without killing any civilians. It's always, how would you know? But it's nevertheless. But they say they were there. They, they had a response and they were in the air and they were able to identify and no, no civilians, which I always think is interesting to claim no civilians. But my initial thoughts and reaction were, here we go again. And what is it that these people have not learned? Why are we there? What is the purpose of taking the lives of these young Americans, 
and putting them in this position. I don't understand, except if you understand it through the eyes of the war machine uh, and making the claims. The United States is feeding Israel lots and lots of weaponry, lots of money, and there is an alternative view now. It is what we're watching these demonstrations inside the country, pro-Palestinian. The United States has backed the Israelis to the hilt. Weaponry, airplanes, ammunition, all of it, money, all of it. Why must we be there? And what will come out of that? And nothing good. Have they learned anything from the Bushes? Have they learned anything from from Poppy Bush or from George, Dick Cheney, Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld, just a series of lies. And the other one this morning is talking about banning books, and I've been thinking, working on this idea for a show for a while. And have you read the banned books? And I, in fact, have read many of them. And without knowing they were going to be banned, I was young enough when I started reading some of this stuff without realizing someday I'd be doing a radio show and explaining Animal Farm, but it's one of the books. And have, did any of those books really affect you? And so the great cartoon is no one is going to give you the education. You need to overthrow them. <laughs> it's, it's a great line. It's Linus talking to Lucy, and he's got a book in front of him. They're at a desk in school, and he said, no one is going to give you the education you need to overthrow them. It's pretty well said. And I was like, during the break, I just keep going back and looking at some of this stuff. A Brave New World, Huxley's book. Um, That book affected me. It uh, made me rethink some stuff. And it is now being challenged frequently uh, because of, remember they use drugs in, in that book. Remember the DPs, they go to the movies and he sticks it in his arm, and he then becomes the cowboy. Heller's book, Catch-22, is clearly an anti-war book. Is that the reason? Um, The Sun Also Rises, Hemingway, which I thought was okay. I'm not a giant Hemingway fan. A Farewell to Arms, Hemingway's book, which reflects a lot of what he had seen, although in I just finished that early Ernie Pyle book and how much Ernie Pyle did not like Ernest Hemingway. He called himself, Ernest Hemingway challenged him as he was the real Ernie. Catcher in the Rye, Gatsby, we've been over all these. So how did they affect you? And have you read them? And what do you think the purpose of banning is? And once again, if we go back into what we're witnessing in the country today, It's like a vice that closes from both sides. We have the progressive left that continues to eat away from they they want history taught a different way, which some of it is is revisionist and some of it's welcome, but a lot of it is what it turns out to be. And then on the other side or is is the right. And the right is if you look at book bannings principally it is uh, it is people on the right that want these books banned, although there are certainly people on the left that want to ban books as well. But when you, when you look at li- literacy and education, maybe that's a better way to say this, 
censorship, including parents, school boards, lobbying groups, clergy, librarians and teachers, politicians. Banning is one of the most permanent and effective methods of censorship. Begins with a challenge and then progresses until the book is no longer available to any student in the school, libraries or in the district. And in many cases, the books are banned and petitioned to be banned by parents. And I wonder how many times the parents themselves have actually read the book or they're going by what somebody else has to say. Billy Thorpe says the music's playing. 856, hang on your hats, your calls after this. Snow in the city, be careful. Nine. Well, it is cold outside. 710 KNUS, I'm Peter Boyles, Denver's talk station. Stay here.